0: You for taking the time to say hello to one another. Glad that you were able to do that this morning. And this last Friday was just a wonderful event. Pastor Mark and I, we were standby valet service because we weren't sure if it was going to be a downpour of rain for the women's tea party. So we were there. We had some canopies up and, and the, the rain held off for most part. So I was, I was still here for the event and, and uh, not in the room, but checking on things, and it was just a wonderful time, and just as I was greeting ladies on the way out, they just were so encouraged, so thank you to all the women who gave so much, Uh, yes, thank you, the desserts, the decorations, your time, your effort, your love, and thank you to my wife for leading it all, it was a wonderful time. Well, it's going to continue to be a wonderful, busy season here. Uh, We're grateful for that. If you'd like to connect with us online, you can do that. Hit the uh, connect button on there here in the room. If you're looking for a church home, you can pull out a connect card, fill it out, and put it in the uh, giving box. And there at the giving box, you can do your giving as well. You can online hit the giving button here. You can use an envelope and put your giving inside that envelope and put it in the the box on the way out. Let's continue to be faithful in our giving to God as he has been faithful to us. We're looking forward to this Easter season as we're approaching it. Uh, so first, here we go again uh, with these Easter things in preparation. We are collecting Easter candy. Uh, we're going to be doing that uh, starting today. Sorry, you didn't know about it. Uh, and uh, But we're letting you know now. So in the weeks to come, or just if you're driving by the church and you just want to drop it off, You can do that because we will be at the Hippity Hoppity
1: Bunny Trail
0: event here in Lamont. And uh, we will be sharing our smiles and love and candy with the community and any information they want about our church. So we're starting to do that. And then after the service, we'll take a short break, get some treats. But we're going to come right back in to have our annual church council. So that's happening today. So make sure you're aware of that. We'll be uh, having uh, that here. And then I thought we were going to have to really work you today, but we're only going to have to work you halfway. I thought we were going to be removing carpet today, but the carpet guy called me a couple days ago and says, actually, it's been pushed back, and I said, thank you. Uh, So right now it's scheduled to be here at the end of next week, which still means you see the dumpster out there. We do need to start ripping this out this week and potentially after service next Sunday. But who knows? Uh, So Pastor Mark and I, we want to start ripping it out. And seeing how it works. So if any of you need a workout this week, please stop by. Because we are going to start ripping it out and see what happens. And, uh, you know, who knows? We might have service on concrete next week. But uh, that would be fine, too. I hate, you know, I I don't prefer, you know, working you so much on a Sunday. But we'll see. We might need your help, though. So keep that in mind. Uh, And then next Sunday, you know, because we won't have the Horizons group with us ripping the carpet. Because they're going to have their lunch and they have a sign out, sign up sheet outside or out in the lobby. If you can sign up, put your food item, and to make sure we're ready to have enough food for you. So please sign up, so we won't have them next week. And then this Sunday, not this Sunday, this Saturday, the men's breakfast. Men, I think, I think most of you would say that we're going to have French toast. You'd say, "Oh yeah, I've had French toast before. I don't know, maybe I'll skip this one." There will be a special. Uh, recipe of French toast you've never had before. So just come son- Saturday to find out what that special recipe of French toast is. It, it takes two days to make, and it will be starting on Friday. Seriously, and so, but make sure you're here for the men's breakfast at 8:30 this Saturday. Well, last week we talked about Hezekiah and how he was insulted. Well, how he could have been insulted, but he remained a giver was not offended that people were laughing at his generosity, that people were laughing at his giving, and he refused to, to be offended, and he kept the doors of the Jerusalem open, he kept the doors of the temple open, so that even those who were laughing at him could experience the presence of God. And that's where we need to be today. We need to be people that our doors are open. The presence of God is here. I'm not going to close the doors to anybody in this day and age I believe things are winding down. I think it's clear. I was reading in Scripture, uh, and just uh, in Luke chapter three, and it was this setup of the political setup of what was happening as Jesus was coming onto the scene. But it was this—the writer of Luke was writing the political background. He was like, "Hey guys, look at this political scene that we're seeing, but don't worry, Jesus is coming." And I believe we have a political background around the world that is setting things up for this to wind down. And I just share that with you. Now, we don't know the day or the hour, but Jesus says we can know the season. He says where there are vultures, there's a dead body. We can know there are signs that God gives to us. There's a, the spirit of God that he puts into our hearts that we can know the season. And I just say this, I say that to say this, that we need to be ready to lead anybody to Jesus. We need to be ready to just share our our faith with somebody, to encourage them. In this day and age, we need to be ready. I believe things are winding down, so we don't have time to be offended. And I say that, and I'm going to say it several times in this sermon this morning. We don't have time to be offended. We've got to be people who are ready to love. So this morning I'm going to actually take the message to the the New Testament, if that's okay with you. I I know we've been in the Old Testament, but to continue this message of not being offended, I I, and the power of not being offended, I, I just wanted to go to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 says this. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Can you just sense the reality of life of life in Peter's question? Can you just kind of feel that? Can you? Can, are, do you live? Are you breathing? Can, have you been there before? Like, Lord, this has been tough. I just get knocked left and right at work, sometimes at home, sometimes in the neighborhood, in the news. I mean, I'm just getting beat up all around. Lord, how many times do I really have to be nice? I mean, do I have to keep being nice? Is there a limit, Lord, to being nice? Because I need to know, because I, you've been teaching us, and that's what Jesus was doing with his disciples. Jesus was helping his disciples to, be, to receive the fulfillment of the word of God. The Old Testament was the law. It was the word of God, but it was the law, and it was just a teacher. Until Jesus came to fulfill the law. Now, what the law did, the law gave us spiritual calculators. And we could keep track. And this this is sometimes I think about this, I say, God man, it just seems so easy in the Old Testament. Like you knew if you were a bad person, you knew if you were a good person. You knew if you had to talk to somebody, and you knew if you just could leave somebody alone. And you had these spiritual calculators, and you were given the parameters. So you could know who to forgive and who you could, that person, they, they, you didn't have to forgive them. You, you stoned them to death. There's no forgiveness to them. And so you you knew what was happening, but Jesus was fulfilling the law and he was telling them it's no longer about holding a spiritual calculator over somebody. And you could see that in, in Peter's response. Okay, like, hey God, Lord, you've been teaching us the law. All right? And you could kind of just Feel that love that Peter thinks he's expressing. All right, seven times, seven times. God, seven times. That's a lot. Did you see that I'm really growing in this? I think in my past, I would have gave people two chances. But I'm going to give them seven chances, Lord. And Jesus is saying, no. The fulfillment of the law is you throw the calculator out. And I say it's unlimited. Seventy times seven, basically, Jesus was saying, It's unlimited. There is no limits. There is no points in the story that you say, no, I can't do this. And you find yourself saying, Lord, I don't know if I can live that way. And so Jesus tells them a story. He tells them of a story of a man who owed a king, in our terms, millions of dollars. He tells them the story that this Man was put in prison by the king because he couldn't pay the millions of dollars. And so the, the servant, he was a servant, the servant begs the king, please set me free, deliver me, forgive me of this debt. And finally, the king says, okay, I'll be merciful. I will forgive you of this insurmountable amount because you'll never be able to pay it. I'm going to forgive you. He's released. And the moment he's released, the servant goes and he finds his friend who owed him just a few dollars, in our terms. And he says, he demands it, give me my few dollars, and I want it now. And his friend says, I, I don't have it. Would you please, for, can you forgive the, me? Can you forgive this debt? And that servant says, no. And he has him put in prison. And let me read to you now what the, the king's response. This is a parable that Jesus is sharing. This was the king's response. Matthew 18, 32 says, then the king called in the man He had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your hearts. Wow. And I want to share something with you today. I want to I want to give you a, a picture in just a moment, but Jesus is helping these disciples to see something. He's explaining to them why you are why I'm commanding you to have unlimited mercy. I want to explain something to you why you should walk around and be ready to forgive anybody, the reason that you should be willing to smile at somebody who has hurt you, the reason why you should lift somebody up who maybe pushed you down the week before, the reason why you should look at at people and say, how can I help you? I know you've hurt me. I know you've been mean to me, but how can I help you? The reason why you should do that is because that's what I'm doing for you. I'm going to forgive you of an insurmountable debt. You have an insurmountable debt. It's called sin. For the wages of sin is death. That is the payment for the sins, for our sins. I don't care if we're just somebody who maybe had, maybe we've never been in jail before. Maybe your name was never put on the board before. That's what happened in my elementary school. The teacher would put your name on there, and you put a check mark, and another check mark, and pretty soon three check marks, and we got paddled at L Marshall School in in Joliet, Illinois. We still got. Paddled. Look how I turned out. <laughs> I didn't get paddled, I should say, but I saw the—I had the fear of God in me. I saw some kids getting paddled in school. All right, before I detract and, and get in trouble and start a political uh, discussions, let me stay focused. I don't even know where I was going with. <laughs> I just started picturing, just picturing being paddled, and I lost train of thought. Oh, oh boy. We were going to be—we were going to need forgiveness. And maybe, yo, that's where I was going with that. Maybe you were somebody who never had their name on the board. You were somebody who never got in trouble. But guess what? All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We have all sinned against God. And Jesus was telling his disciples, you know what? You will, you were, you were, the law. See, they had this thought in their mind: if I keep following the law of Moses, maybe I'll be forgiven. If I do this, if I do make this sacrifice, then maybe I could come into God's presence. And and even though they knew that they really weren't, it was just it was just the law. It was beginning to work in them that they were good enough. If I just obey the law, if I just do the sacrifice, if I just go to the temple, then I'm good enough. And Jesus was saying to them, No. The law was just a teacher. It was just to get you to this point. The reality is, all of those lambs you sacrificed, all of those bulls that you sacrificed, every time you came to this temple, every time you read the word, none of that ever added up to being good enough. It was still not good enough. You could stay in this church every day of the week, every minute of the day. You could come and give all of your money to God. You could come and spread the gospel to every human being on this planet, and you still would not be good enough for heaven. You would still not pay for the debt of sin. Think about that. You and I, yes, in in the sense that we were Adam and Eve. We were given perfection, and we rejected it. All have sinned. We've all have sinned. And Jesus said, because of that sin, you will never be able to pay it off, but I'm going to pay it off for you. And because I am willing to pay it off, you need to be willing to do the same. So we need to be willing to forgive people. We need to be willing not to be offended. Because being offended is a trap. All right? I never wanted you to forget this, so we're going to try this. We're going to see what happens. I hope no pastor in this... uh, in this illustration, no pastor should be harmed, but we'll see what happens. All right, you know, and, and um, we're going to see what happens. Hope, Mark, don't lose a finger. I wanted you, and we're going to do this because it's just a visual, and I never want you to forget that being offended is a, is a trap, and this will probably be humorous, but then we're going to try to get serious. Here he But, um, yeah, the pressure is is on. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We tried this a few times in my office, and only a few stuffed animals were hurt. This was a very sensitive trap. All right. So being offended when we when you look at this cheese, what's this cheese represents? This cheese represents giving somebody a piece of your mind. Doesn't it feel good when you give somebody a piece of your mind? This cheese what does it represent? It represents when you when somebody hurts you at your job at the workplace and you see you see them hurting or struggling. You needed my help, now you're all on your own because you hurt me. Doesn't it? And in our flesh and in our mind, doesn't it kind of feel good that you had that power over that person? They hurt you now, you're gonna hurt them bad. Maybe your spouse wasn't nice to you. That happens. I'm not always nice, asked Tara. That happens. And then what's what what's your response? Well, if they're not gonna be nice, then I'm not gonna be nice either. Doesn't that feel good sometimes? Oh, I'm not going to be nice either. You know? <laughs> if you're going to be mean, I'm going to be mean. If you're not going to give, then I'm not going to give. And that is the cheese. That's, that's what we're looking at, and we think this feels so good. All right, here's another one, last one. Beeping the horn. Oh, doesn't that feel so good? <laughs> and I, keep, I always justify it. I'm like, well, they wouldn't have put the horn there. It's for our safety, right? <laughs> We've got to use the horn. And then sometimes i got to say, okay, I know it feels so good to lay on the horn, but I'm not going to do that. Because when we go after the cheese, yeah, and we, we'll, we'll leave that there for a minute. Here, you can take that. We'll leave that there for a minute. Thanks, Mark. Glad you weren't hurt. <laughs> Being offended is a trap. And what Jesus was telling his disciples, he was telling them when you do not forgive, when and, in my, and what I'm sharing specifically, when you allow yourself to be offended to the point where you're not willing to forgive, you go back into the trap that I took you out of. You go back to the prison, the prison that I took you out of, the trap that you were in. We were all in a trap called sin. Every one of us, we, were, we took the cheese. We did. Adam and Eve they took the cheese. They just couldn't help themselves. They had everything. God had given them everything in the garden, but it was just this one tree that they couldn't eat from. And they took it. They took the cheese. And we've all been there before. We've all done it. We've all given into our flesh. We've all given into our sinful nature. We just couldn't help ourselves. God had given us so many opportunities, and He had given us so many things to enjoy. But we just wanted to know what that felt like. We just wanted to have that experience. We just wanted to go for it. And Jesus said, "When you do that, you are trapped, and you go back into prison. And it is a trap. Being offended." And okay, all right, well, I think we got it here. You go. Pastor Mark, you can have, uh, put that back. Thank you. When we when we are people. Who are easily offended? We are gonna, we're, we're gonna be in a trap. And the reason why, again, I just do that visual is because I just always want you to say to yourself, "Don't take the bait. Don't take the cheese." Remind yourself, think about it before you bark back, before you bite back, before you fight back, before you give somebody something that you wanted to give them. Think about that. It's a trap. Being easily offended is a trap. Paul, let me give you another uh, some verses from Ephesians chapter four, verse two. Right, is that where we're at? Yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, Ephesians four, verse two says, "Always." Paul told the Ephesians, "Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit." binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. What Paul was doing here is he was talking about expectations. So just for a moment here, let's talk about expectations, because expectations set us up for a trap. If you want to set that trap up, start thinking about your expectations. What are you expecting from each other? If we are expecting perfection from each other, guess what you're doing? You're setting a trap. Are we? If we are expecting somebody to always know what we're thinking, guess what you're doing? You're setting a trap. If you're expecting somebody to always be nice to you and always Tell you how wonderful you are, and you're expecting somebody to always just be this way and be that way. You're setting a trap, and you're going to get caught in that trap. Expectations will get us in trouble. Expectations will set the trap for you. I want to, I want to just share, just encourage you today. Don't expect people to be perfect. Don't expect everybody to be nice to you. Think about this. The next time you, you're walking into a room with people. Your expectations. I remember um, this pastor, we were at a a pastor's meeting, and this pastor uh, was sharing, and I'll never forget it to this day. He says, I always walk into a room thinking everybody likes me. And that is so good, especially for me when I'm preaching, because sometimes when I'm out there, I'm thinking, that person doesn't like me, that person likes me. (laughs) You know, and it's facial expressions, right? It's body language. That person's sleeping again. They really don't like me. <laughs> now everybody's up. And uh, that, it was so good as a leader to hear that, that I walk into a room, and, and it, it wasn't cockiness. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, everybody likes me. No, no, no. It was everybody likes me. It was I'm thinking the best of that person, whether it looks like they like me or not. I'm going to just pretend that they like me. Because what happens if you think everybody likes you, how are you going to treat people? Like, oh, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. If you think you walk into a room and you see somebody and they look a little sour and you think, oh, they, they're, they're mad at me. What do you do when you think somebody's mad at you? I'm not going over there. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm going to go talk to this person over there. Do you see the difference? Isn't that, isn't that true? When you walk into a room and you think somebody doesn't like you, you avoid them. But if you just assume everybody likes you, then, hey, how's it going? And we have to think about our expectations. That was that's what Paul was doing. When you read those verses, Paul was really, he was really telling, guys, this is not going to always be a party. We're not going to always get along. So let me tell you something. You better ready to, be humble. Be patient with each other. Let me tell you that this morning. We need to be patient with each other. That's an expectation I would put on all of us. We need to be patient with one another. You need to be patient with me. Please, I am am asking you, be patient with me. I'm going to be patient with you. Let's be patient with each other. Let's have that expectation. I'm going to have this expectation and realize that nobody is perfect, and so I am going to be patient with people. The book of Hebrews says, for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. Do you know what patience does? Patience allows us to pause and to think. Jesus had to embrace that moment on the cross. He had to look beyond the cross. He had to look beyond the pain. He had to look beyond the insults. He had to look beyond the suffering. And he had to see the joy that was set before him. And when he saw the joy, when he saw you and I in heaven, when he saw our freedom, when he saw our peace, when he saw our healing, when he saw the strength that he was going to give to us by dying on the cross, he then was able. Patience allows us to see the joy that's set before us. Patience, and I love this proverb, I, I quote it all the time, I, I, especially to Tara, she hears it all the time. A soft answer turns away wrath. Do you know the only way to give a soft answer is to be patient? Because our answers that we usually have when wrath is coming at us, our answers are usually harsh and quick and not nice. But a soft answer, it turns away wrath. When I'm patient, patience gives me the time to be soft. All right, oh, I'm going to give them to him. No, 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 be patient, be patient. Okay. Breathe. Breathe. Don't take the bait. Don't be the the mouse. Don't take the cheese. Okay, now I I know what I can say. I know what I can say that will help the situation. I know how I can turn that wrath away. I know what I can say. Patience allows us. The other phrase I love that Paul gives to them is allowances. He says we need to make allowances for each other. And I want to encourage you, we need to make allowances for each other. How many of you how many of you had a dad that gave you an allowance? Now nobody? Was it Doug, really? You didn't give you <laughs> man. Well, oh well. We'll talk about that later. I had a dad. I had a dad. I gave allowance. But so there was three of us. I had an older brother, five years older than me, a sister was four years older than me, and I was the youngest. That was his mistake, he called me. And uh, four years later, he was he only needed two kids, my mom wanted three. So when he gave allowances, this is what he he would I still remember this. He would come, my brother, he would get a couple of dollars, my sister would get a couple of dollars. You know what? I got change. Alright, we're gonna leave that there. I wasn't offended. But I got an allowance from my dad. You know what? We need to live this way spiritually. We need allowances. We need an allowance. You know, I need to come to Tara once in a while. Tara, do you have my allowance? No? She has it. Once in a while, we need to give each other allowances and say, you know what? I'm going to give you an allowance because I know you're not perfect. I know you're a pastor, but you're not perfect. I'm going to give you an allowance. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the chance to, you know, not be nice. Now here it is. Let me say this first before I continue the point, because the idea here is that we're not just being doormats for people. That's not the point. The point is that we're not just letting everybody just throw up all over us all the time like a baby. Oh, isn't that cute? They just threw up all over me. Oh, cute, cute, cute baby. No, the point is not. That. I'm not trying to create this op- this environment in this church, especially, specifically this church, where we just are mean to each other because I have an allowance. Hey, you're not, don't take the trap, you know, let me be mean to you. No, the point is that we are put in a place, I, I shared it with you last week at the end of my sermon, that we lose, when we are offended, we give up our power and we give up the right to help people and to heal people. But when I give people an allowance, I retain the right to help them. I retain the power to heal them. I can let God work through me because I gave you an allowance, and I've done it before. I, there's been plenty of times and, um, you know, and it goes both ways, but I just keep telling myself where I, I wasn't nice, and I say to my head, oh, man, that was not nice. Why did I say that? Oh, that was my moment to be nice, and I wasn't. And I'm waiting for a response, and Tara doesn't repay me that does for me, I'm like, oh, she was nice to me. I did not deserve to be nice, and she was nice to me. That makes me want to be nice. That brings strength to me. It ends the not being a nice cycle. So this is not about being a doormat, but when we give people an allowance to make a mistake, we give them an allowance to be rude, we retain the power to heal them, to help them, to strengthen them. And I want us to live this way in our life. I want God to empower us to not be offended. It's so easy to be offended. An offense is a trap. Don't eat the cheese. Don't take the bait. Don't be offended. Guard your expectations. Give people the allowance and I love this idea that Paul gave in there. He, he talked about kind of like not giving up. We can't give up. We're, we're one body. We're one here. we got to work together. And I, I would say this as a church. Let's keep working together. Let's, the Bible says they'll know you're my disciples by the love you have one for another. I'm not aware of any problems other than just saying, let's keep working, let's keep loving, let's keep serving, let's keep being kind to each other, let's keep being patient with one another, let's not be offended by each other, ever be offended, if something hurts you, let's talk about it, let's be patient, let's be kind, let's be loving, and invite the worship team to come back, because we're going to end this service with communion, if you do not receive communion, there's Communion at the back table. You feel free to go back there and, and grab communion if you don't have those emblems. We're going to have communion uh, this morning. And um, Jesus, again, gives us the picture the picture of not being easily offended, the picture of being forgiven, the expectations. What did Jesus expect to do when we sinned against him? He knew, he knew, he expected that he was going to have to give his life. The Bible says from the foundation, the plan of salvation was from the foundation of the world. Before God ever created the planet, he knew his son was going to die on the cross. He expected that. He expected that. That Jesus was going to have to die for our sins. And yet, He created us. He loved us. And so it's this morning, as we look to the cross, as we celebrate communion, I believe this is an opportunity we have to say, Lord, help me to be just like you. Help me to be merciful. Help me to be kind. Help me to expect to be a giver you stand this morning. We're going to sing this. We're going to start this song first and then we'll, we'll take communion. But let's just let's let the Spirit of God just begin to touch our heart as we as we sing this song.